Hello, it's Anthony Chadbrick from the Webinar Vet, and this is Vet Chat, the number one UK veterinary podcast. I'm so pleased today to have two people on our episode today. We have Ian Battersby and Margot Mosher, who both work for Mars. Uh, Margot is the Global Sustainability Director, and Ian is the Responsible Pharmaceutical Stewardship Lead. We're wanting to talk today all about antibiotic stewardship. It's an incredibly important area. I remember several years ago being at a conference in Dublin where one of my mentors, Professor David Lloyd from the Royal Veterinary College, was talking about antibiotic stewardship, and it was in a small room, and there weren't that many people in there. But of course, we know that our usage and our, our stewardship of antibiotics and, and all products is really, really important. And I'm so pleased, Ian, to see that this is something that's really moving up the agenda as, as something that we've really got to take seriously, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, pharmaceutical stewardship, it's a bit of a tongue twister to say. You're not the first one to have difficulties <laughs> pronouncing my job title. But, you know, pharmaceutical stewardship is really, you, know, you, you break it down into two arms. The, the first one is, you know, promoting good use of the drugs to get good clinical outcomes. So, you know, actually using the right drug at the right time by the right route, you know, and optimizing all the non-pharmaceutical aspects, you know, so, you know, I guess when you're resolving an infection, making sure there's good drainage, you know, uh, removal of necrotic tissue. So that's the first part of it. The second part is making sure that when we use these pharmaceuticals, we don't cause harm to the patient. You know, so that can be either an acute side effect, you know, some of which we're familiar with, or chronic effects. Um, and then also for future patients. So when we're talking about future patients, that's focusing on the environmental impact of some of these resources that we use. Are we using them too much or not? Enough, you know, and, and, and are we disposing of them in, in the right way? And then also making sure that the, the efficacy is still available for future patients. So we will still have these drugs available to use on patients in the future when we need them. Um, and it's, you know, I can certainly reflect on, you know, 10 years ago, you know, when I first started getting focused on antibiotics, you know, it, it, like similar experience to you, I was, you know, almost like a lone wolf in, in certain lecture theatres and stuff. And it was a very new topic, but it's, it's pleasing to see now that this is, you know, this is gaining momentum. It's really important that it gains momentum, um, but it's really pleasing that we're getting a lot of engagement now across the profession. And I think it's also interesting, Margot, you know, there's a real um, sustainability element to this as well, because the antibiotics uh, can be disposed of incorrectly, that can cause contamination of the environment and damage uh, other ecosystems as well, can't it? Exactly. You know, the use of pharmaceuticals, their production, their shipping, their disposal, every aspect of the, the life cycle of pharmaceuticals has impacts, um, both environmentally and socially. But thinking about the environment, yes, um, you know, the impacts through waste on water, um, on greenhouse gas emissions, um, really overall creating our drugs and then using them um, has impacts. And, and so managing those carefully and being really good stewards is critical. Um, and one example, just to give a sense of some of those environmental impacts um, to create one kilogram of vancomycin, a, an antibiotic that isn't used as much lately, but um, has been historically, um, to create that one kilogram, you need over 500 kilograms of inputs, largely water, but, but other inputs as well. Um, and that, that production of the drug uh, emits greenhouse gas emissions over 50 kilograms 
for one kilogram of the drug. So just to give a sense of um, the creation of these drugs does have those impacts. And so using them unnecessarily causes all of those uh, impacts in that footprint. So if we can be really um, judicious about their use and use them only when needed, we can not only help animal health, human health, but also that environmental side and really looking at this issue as, as a one health issue that has impacts across all of those different areas. I think it's really important. And for me, the key word is that responsible usage, because certainly, you know, I've been a vet for 32 years. And when I went into practice, sometimes I would see practices using antibiotics in a cavalier way. Um, a cat had been castrated. That operation was done in as clean a fashion as possible. But there was still a feeling that we had to give half a mil of something white and milky, which was usually a penicillin type product. And there really is no need for that. We did a webinar recently with somebody else and they were talking about use of antibiotics in diarrhea. Often we don't need to use antibiotics, but maybe because we've not been taught well or we've learned bad habits once we've got into practice, it can be very easy to fall into those, in, into those traps. And I suppose sometimes also clients kind of expect something more than just a chat with the vet and an examination they want to go home with something don't they Ian? yeah and it's you know it's 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 a complex matrix really of all the different factors that go into when we're actually in the consult room prescribing a medication you know there's there's all the information and guidelines there's previous experiences that may be good or bad you know we, I, I, I can remember when I was a young vet developing habits from one case going bad. So then I started using a, a pharmacy of drugs because of that one case, but that was an unusual event. But it, it molds your experiences. And you know, one of the biggest challenges is, you know, with, with this particular type of, of, of conversation is, you know, if I talk to a vet about adding in a drug that might help them, you know, and, and maybe minimize a risk, um, you know, that's one thing that's easier to do taking away a drug because it's not necessary that's a that's a different psychological challenge and you know so it's it's really you know you know we've got a you know we we know this is you know we know this is an issue for antibiotics we know there's areas for example where antibiotics aren't indicated you've used acute diarrhea as a as a very good example um so it's really about you know as vets we need to make sure there's a culture within the hospital that's supportive that there's consensus you know, I, I get vets talking to me all the time saying, I'd like to do this, but then if I don't do it, I don't get the support. You know, they, you know I, I get put under, you know, my, they'll go and see another vet and then they'll prescribe. So it's all about getting consensus in the hospital, really. Um, and, 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 you know, and, and also I think you know, one thing we touched on in other podcasts is, is that, you know, a lot of the course durations that we prescribe as vets have been arbitrary allocated to multiples of five or seven you know and i can't believe that you know a bacteria is going to respond to a multiple of a, of a calendar week so we really need to you know there's a lot of research in human uh, medicine on shortening courses of antibiotics and you know we, we need vets really to submit clinical cases to studies you know to, that there are that are starting to, to to be initiated across the profession and um, looking at shortening these courses really you know so that we can only use these drugs when necessary but also only for as long as needed and i think it's interesting for those people um perhaps not aware listening obviously ian you you work in the uk for linnaeus as well yeah. which is which is the big veterinary group that mars um own and then obviously there's veterinary groups 
in in America, obviously also owned by Mars. That's a real power for good because there's so many practices. You're obviously taking this area so seriously that you can get that good information out. And it becomes something that's a, a policy. You know, if there's, there's an acute diarrhea, we shouldn't give antibiotics. But, you yeah. know, it's always been very difficult, as you said, even within practices. And again, to use a derm example, I would often be looking at as a referral vet at a case that had come from a practice and there'd been five different approaches to it. And, you know, some of them were obviously better than others. So trying to get that standard of saying, you know, we shouldn't use this antibiotic unless there is these two or three reasons, I think is is really important. You know, we can be quite prescriptive, I think, within use of products like this that, that obviously are ones that we want to save for future generations. We're not only, as you said before, treating the animal, we're treating future animals as well by our behaviours, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, you, you're quite right. I mean, the exciting thing about my role is that um, you know, Mars, I think we have about 2,700 practices. Is that right, Margot? I think it's around about that number. And you know, it's over a number of continents. So collectively, the impact we can have as a group is, is it's, it's hard to put into words, really. Um, but also, you're right about the challenges on, you know, on you know, getting agreement within the practice. And one measure that... Um, we put in place in Linnaeus is um, the Protect Scheme, which I was involved with. Um, mm. you know, part of the BSABA Protect Scheme is that they give you a number. We give you a number of different options for each condition, so you know you can be involved in the choice of antibiotic or not to use an antibiotic in a list of situations. So, simple measure that we put in place at Linnaeus is that each practice had to discuss sections of the of the poster at their practice meetings. So, you, know, you talk about tea and coffee rotors, things, you know, and all the other bits and bobs, insurance forms, and then you know, 10 minutes at the end of each each practice meeting, right, we're going to talk about this section of the poster, and we're going to, you know, that might be the GI section, and we're all going to agree on what we're going to use. And then the next meeting, they moved on to the next section, and that, you know, generates, you know, conversations between colleagues, you know, and consensus, really. Yeah, I think it's really important, the conversations, isn't it? Because, you know, there's certainly practices that, very rarely held meetings and actually meetings and comms are very important because if you're all in separate consult rooms or even in separate buildings actually communicating as a team can be incredibly difficult can't it yeah no absolutely you know it's it's all you know lots of change can be made um but if you're on your own and you're not you know you've not got that that collaboration um and supportive culture it's really hard you're really hard how do you see Linnaeus uh, and, you know, the larger Mars group across continents? Do, do you see that you have an obligation towards research? You know, because things like how long should we give a course of antibiotics is, you know, you're quite right. We, we still don't actually know. Some of it is a bit of empirical guesswork, isn't it? Is yeah. there some work going on at some of your referral centres and, and so on? Maybe uh, working with universities to try and get further into this? So, um, I mean, one of the first things we're trying to do is understand our baseline usage. So, you know, we're, we're collaborating, you know, with all the different business units, getting, you know, benchmarking on the amounts that um, each hospital is using. And that piece of work's being done with uh, Dr. Scott Wees, who hopefully some of your yeah. uh, listeners are familiar with, World Authority on yeah. Infectious Disease, really nice guy, incredibly 
bright <laughs> and intelligent. Um, so he's been an in, you know, incredible asset in this. So we're, you know, within that, we're doing some analysis at the moment. We're understanding our usage patterns. And then, you know, certainly that will steer us towards different initiatives that we we you know we will we, we'll want to put in place. And certainly what we'll want to do with that is assess the impact, you know, you know, try different ways of delivering because essentially a large part of this work is communication, you know, as, as we talked about. So, you know, if we can put intervention, you know, not interventions, you know, education platforms and things like that in place and look at the changes in prescribing behaviors, well that that information, you know, will be incredibly powerful for the profession. So we can distribute that information when we get it um so there's certainly a number of you know we're just completing that analysis at the moment um and then you know the next couple of months we'll start working on areas that we want to focus on and then start putting those plans in place and you know it's not a quick process um but you know with the number of practices that we've got you know the the you know, it's potentially very powerful information because of the number of animals. You know, a lot of veterinary studies have mm. very small number of animals, whereas if we can look at, yeah. you know, 100,000 yeah. animals, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just for those listening, Scott is a, is a lecturer up in Ontario in Guelph. He has done some webinars for us. So do go and have a little nose if you want to catch up on, on more sort of information about that. Um, you're absolutely right, though. You know, with anything, and I know Margot, um, you've done a lot of work, you know, looking at carbon and sustainability. The, the first thing you have to do is measure your carbon, isn't it? Or measure whatever. In any study, you have to know what your baseline is. Exactly. That That's the very first step and, and something we've been working on in our other topic areas, climate change and our greenhouse gas emissions, also hospital waste. Um, so doing those footprints or baselines is is critical to be able to not only measure and, and you know track your progress annually, but just to know where to be focusing um, and really looking at where are the biggest impacts coming from, where are there anomaly cases happening. Um, so across all three of these topics that, that we've touched on, yes, yeah, starting with your measurements um, so that you can build the right plan and have really a strategy that's based on the evidence of, of where the impacts are. So um, what Ian described as these first baselines that we're doing are just critical first step to understanding, okay, what is our picture when it comes to our antibiotic usage and where and how can we focus to to optimize and really be using uh, these drugs wisely. So yeah, key first step for us. I remember a number of years ago, the Dutch government just mandated that vets had to reduce their antibiotics. I think it was by 50%. You know, so that these sort of things are possible. And I know that the, the Dutch um, vets came together and did an amazing job Sometimes there's a danger that vets can be blamed for, you know, antibiotic resistance and things because of antibiotic usage. But this really is, this is the true, true One Health issue, isn't it? Because this is uh, use of antibiotics by humans, uh, you know, by animals or for animals as well. Um, how do you think that um, government can get involved and sort of help with this as well? Ian or Margot? Um, right. I'm sure you both have oh, an opinion. Margo, <laughs> sorry, I'm taking the lead there, aren't I? Go sorry, for it, Ian. Go ahead. All right, okay. Um, <laughs> Go for it. So, I mean, certainly from a UK point of view, we know the UK is taking this issue very, very seriously. Um, uh, Dr. Sally Davies is a very prominent advocate of responsible antibiotic use. Um, and there's a, I think there's a 25-year plan. And also uh, and within that, there's a five-year plan that's annually reviewed. And there are touch points within that that impact on the on the uh, veterinary sector 
a predominantly farm animal, but you know those kind of uh, initiatives will obviously cascade into companion animal as well. Um, but we also know that there are you know discussions on a on a higher level than that uh, occurring. You know, a quadripartite between the WHO, OIE, FAA. You know, bringing governments together to develop a consensus on approach because this is a you know it's a true one health, but it's also a global issue as well. You know. Um, you, know, tr- you know, you look at this, this studies, you know, this presentations I saw years ago where they show, you know, backpackers have picked up bugs with resistant genes in other countries, you know, from a dodgy, you know, dodgy tummy, you know, and they can, I mean, the world's more mobile now. So, well, COVID's a, a great example of that, isn't it? You know, the, the, the movement we all have. So it is a real, true collaborative effort across the world. And I guess, you know, we've all got a part to play in it, really. I was very excited. Sorry, Margot, do you, do you have a point you want to bring up on that? I, I would just add that, you know, I think um, it, it, to the point about this being global, um, that we need to be collaborating across this, um, similar to other global issues, climate change, pandemics, etc. We need everyone to be doing their part because otherwise um, we just won't make the progress we need. Um, and when looking at, you know, the potential restrictions on drug use um, here in the US. The FDA had an open comment period recently on this topic. And so um, being responsible users of pharmaceuticals is, is just critical for us having the, the license to use them and, and showing that we are using them in, in the right ways. So um, that piece from a regulatory and, and government perspective is also important for us. I think it, you, you're really right, Margot. It- you know, I often talk about this three constituents to pretty much all of our problems, and that is, you know, government, it's business, and it's individual, and we all have responsibilities as individuals. You know, if I go to the doctors with a little snuffle and I'm demanding antibiotics, then that's not appropriate. Similarly, if I take my cat to the vets and want antibiotics for, for diarrhea, it's not appropriate. And, and it's great to see Mars taking this so seriously, you know, across all of their across all of their groups as well. What I was really excited about recently, and I know it started last year, but I think it's hopefully going to be even bigger and better this year, is that collaboration coming together of, certainly in the UK, of, of the pharmacists and the vets with the antibiotic amnesty. I'm sure that uh, not everybody is compliant enough to take all of their course they're left with antibiotics, they then decide what can they do with them. Sometimes they get flushed down the toilet, sometimes they get donated to other people for their uh, little tickle or whatever. Um, I think it's really important that uh, that this is happening. And perhaps, Ian, you can explain a little bit about the amnesty and how it's going to work, particularly for those people, perhaps as vets who are listening, who can get involved in their practice, uh, but also individuals who perhaps then find out about it and can start taking either their pets' antibiotics or their own antibiotics, presumably back to vet or pharmacy. I doubt if if we'll see everybody separating things. Maybe they just got piled into one place. Yeah. So um, it's a fantastic initiative. Um, It's uh, a coordinated effort between a number of um, organisations, the VMD, BSAVA, um, and also a number of veterinary groups as well. And Ruma uh, are also involved. Um, Both... uh, I think it's rumor and um, RCS knowledge, I think, have got the resources for everybody who wants to get involved in this. Yeah. And essentially, it's 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 trying to put a real promotion drive on, you know, like you say, making p- owners and, and, and members of the public aware that 
when you have drugs left over, it's not in the bin or in the toilet. You know, that, you know, I think it's about a third of people admit to flushing old drugs down the toilet. And our, you know, our water cleaning systems can remove you know, bacteria and things like that, but they can't remove pharmaceuticals. So inevitably, they end up in the environment and have effects. You know, they, they can affect acidity of, 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 of water, you know, uh, obviously effects on, on, on organisms as well. So the amnesty really is, is to really push and promote for, you know, owners to, to find those old, you know, leftover courses of antibiotics and bring them back to your, your practice. And there's a whole series of, of information packs. I think, I think there's details on how to, um, you know, how they're collected on, on the websites as well. Um, and then we want uh, uh, practices that participate to record all the conversations they have about this, but also record the amount of drugs that they've got, submit that to BSAVA. And that's going to be really interesting for, for lots of reasons. Firstly, you know, um, you know, what are people, how, how long, you know, what, what kind of drugs are they, you know, what kind of antibiotics are they holding on to and not using? But also, you know, if we can track back to what kind of courses they're using, you know, if you've got a, you know, if you commonly, if we find that, say, you know, dog with cystitis is commonly getting given two weeks of antibiotics and the owners are stopping after four days and that's that's really powerful information that we can get from this so you know certainly anybody who is aware of it i would you know listening now i would really encourage them in, you know, to get involved it's a it's a collaboration as well between um uh, the midlands nhs as well so human pharmacies are doing it at the same time so you know but this is you know for the for the veterinary you know for the veterinary profession it's the whole of the UK will want people to get involved. So, you know, please get involved. Um, all the information on the on the websites, and um, you know, there'll be if you're not sure about any of the details, there'll be contact details there for you to ask questions. I just say to people listening, if you are a vet who's not in the UK or or uh, or a nurse not in the UK, then this is something that maybe you can put forward to your. Uh, governing bodies is something that is really important to encourage your societies to to get involved with it because you know you were saying before when they get flushed down the toilet we know that there's um, antimicrobial resistance in some of the bugs within the sewage isn't there which then you know can cause all sorts of issues and problems and I was shocked by the number of deaths across the world that are basically caused by antibiotic resistance so this is a huge problem and if we don't get a handle on it it will only get bigger it won't get smaller will it Margot? Exactly it, it, it is um, really an urgent issue and, and I think the connection to human health is what um, really lights a fire under it for, for me certainly but uh, I think for many that you know how we use these pharmaceuticals with our pets um, can directly impact how they work for us as humans in our own healthcare. So, um, and yes, looking at uh, the trajectory and the potential harm that that is predicted um, uh, is is quite concerning. So it, it's really right up there with climate change and some of the other really urgent crises that that we're facing, both as humans but as, as other species as well. Margot, thank you so much for uh, coming to speak to us. I know it's uh, it's early in the morning in uh, in America. Uh, and Ian, not too bad. Thank you also for coming. It's great to see the work that Mars is doing in this area. You know, just continue to encourage you to do more and do pass on those learnings to us because we all need to to learn from each other. So, thank you so much. And uh, this has been Anthony Chadwick from the webinar vet. This has been Vet Chat. Take care. Bye bye.